Yes, coming in hot with episode 20 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who will be voting yes for the European Premier League, Jobber. How are you, mate? <laughs> That's not true. Uh, I, hate, I hate the European Premier League. What, I don't know why England are so keen on um, leaving the EU and now they want a European Super League in the soccer. I just Brits need to make their mind up as to what they want in the world and where their place is. It kind of doesn't make sense for those um, Premier League teams to join because they're in the richest league. They've got all the TV money. They've got – look at the managers that are there at the moment and the players. Just it not, kind of just not rich enough. I just need more Well, money. I don't know how much richer can the rich be. But um, it makes sense for um, Real Madrid and and, um, and other big teams like uh, Celtic to go and join <laughs> Go and join. European League League gets a competition. Um, yeah. All right, let, let's get the, into the flavour of the pod then, right? So we've got opening question, weekly happenings, there's a fair bit in there, Champions League review, well, there's a lot of games, and then before you know it, we're back into the Prem, then we got a dive into the mailbag, but let's get into the opening question. All right, so <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Manchester United went to Paris and Marcus Rashford, he bloody did it again. The boy from Manchester made the government rethink their food package. He's been honoured by the Queen. He's an honorary doctor. And he scored two late winners against the richest team in the world. Like, what, what can't Marcus Rashford do? Um, so that got me thinking, who's your favourite hometown hero? Because obviously Marcus Rashford, he's one of our own. So what did Rashford do for the food? He just supplied food for all school kids? No, he got the government to um, implement a package to like keep meal tokens or vouchers for um, lower socioeconomic people over the, yeah, right. over the okay. COVID period. Right. So is, he, yep. so is he contributing to childhood obesity? Hmm, not sure. Um, okay, my hometown hero. Well, I've, this one, there wasn't a lot to choose from, was there? But what I've gone with, I've gone with Stevie G and how could you not really? Because um, you look at all his time at, at Liverpool, um, he went through the academy there and then went on to win a European Cup, famously did not win a Premier League title, um, slipped over just when he didn't need to. Um, but he had some chances there to leave for, at that time, um, bigger clubs and more successful clubs. So as you know, Chelsea come in for him twice, once under Mourinho's reign that he said no to. Um, and Real Madrid were in for him at one stage as well. But, no, he, he stuck there and, um, yeah, he won, won a European Cup, which is nice. But, um, yeah, I think it's hard to go past a hometown hero without giving Stevie G a mensch. Um, but a quick shout-out to Mark Noble and Leon Osman as well. Yeah, right. I, uh, no, I've gone for something far more historic. So, obviously, Manchester United have had a few, but I went further south and I've gone for Matt Letizia. Um, so as a, yeah, as, as a youngster growing up, Matt Letizia was like, he was just the best. He was so good. And, um, like he had offers weekly, I reckon of trying, club trying to pick him up, but, um, he always stayed loyal to Southampton. He won goal of the season. I think he won quite a few times goal of the month. Like he just scored absolute bangers and he just, he always stayed with Southampton right through till the end. They were, um, I think he played. He played for two other amateur clubs, but he played over four hundred games with Southampton, um, England international. I just couldn't go past Matt Letizia. Yeah, I suppose with Stevie G, he had um, 
it's a bit easier to stay at Liverpool if you're in the Champions League and stuff like that. But yeah, Letizia, um Southampton weren't always the strongest team, and he still still stayed there. If you go and watch his goal highlights, there's about 35 volleys from from uh, outside the box into the top corner onto those old weird nets that used to, you know, those like half oval ones that. This is in the back before Boston. Yeah, and it smacks the back and bounces up. Um, look, it's been a massive week. So Real Madrid had a big slip up at home this week to Shakhtar Donetsk, um, who were missing ten players with COVID. It's got to be the yeah. sort of league record since Tottenham oh. had that food scandal against Arsenal. It makes um, Mourinho's uh, um, injury lists um, back in the year, back in last year, look um, minimal, doesn't it? With ten players out of COVID, I, I yeah. suppose, but. I th- I'm surprised we haven't seen a little bit more of that. I think every now and then you hear, um, like, let's take Mane for an example, catching COVID and and missing a few games. But I find it a bit um, unusual that if he had it, how come the rest of the team didn't didn't get it? So I'm surprised that when there isn't um, a COVID case, why the number isn't ten? Why why is it normally sort of one? Do you know anything that's a bit unusual? Yeah, because same with Hakimi um, from Inter. He hmm. Played on the weekend, has COVID now, and then I don't know why everyone else isn't getting it. But um, imagine if Aaron Wambasaka got it. Um, so, um, so just quickly, I want to touch on. So Leeds went down to Wolves. Um, Liverpool fans are still hurting from this weekend. So, like, I don't know, so I think some of them might have given up on football. Um, but <laughs> it's a big week for Aaron Wambasaka. So. Aaron Wamasaka has angered his partner and his girlfriend by getting his mistress pregnant <laughs> all after scoring his first goal in the Premier League and then going head-to-head with Neymar and Mbappe. Tell me who's had a busy... Like, I know there's a US election on, but who's had a busier week than Aaron Wamasaka? Is it is it bad that the first thing that comes to my head is how does he fit all that in in his life? <laughs> that's, exactly, <laughs> like, that's exactly what I thought. How does he does he have time to train every day, fly to Paris, and then yeah, he's what, what do we call him? Partner, girlfriend, and mistress. Um, yeah, I know, tough times, Aaron. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, oh, not so outside of all the philandering, but um, you know, keep playing well. <laughs> um, but but if he gets COVID, honestly, it's it's going to spread like wildfire. Like, oh, through, it will, it all these and it's going parts. all over the world too. It's going yeah. to France. And where's the other one from? <laughs> Manchester and then London. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Champions League. So first one: RB Leipzig two, Istanbul. Basak Shahir, nil. Only thing I really want to touch on, like the result, I think it's pretty obvious. This is the they're the um the boxing bag in this group. Um, Angelino's goal. What do you yeah, think of nice, that? Wasn't it? No, beautiful goal. So um, long ball over the top, and um, and he's a left back, and he's cutting inside. And um, what what do you call it? Like a it's kind a of like a rebound, turn, no, control. What is it? Pushkus. Yeah. Oh, is it? oh, it's like a Cruyff. Yeah, kind of. Proof term, but it's like controlling the long ball. Um, And then, yeah, a good finish too. So he has scored in his last three Champions League games. Not bad for a left back. Is that a a come and get me plea to Pep um, that I'm ready to come home from loan or Pep doesn't want a left back that pops up in the six-yard box? So so is he on loan? Is that right? Yeah, he's on loan. Okay. I thought they sold him because – Last year, I thought oh, last year I knew he was on loan, but then when he stayed, I thought they must have um, executed a a buying um, clause or something like that. But yeah, okay. 
But it does seem odd that um, Pep doesn't have him in. He's done rather well, especially in um, Leipzig's run um, last year. He was really good um, and started off this season rather well as well. So, yeah, they go straight to the top of that group, don't they? <laughs> no chance. Um, they got United and uh, PSG. Leipzig are actually top of the Bundesliga now too. So you've got... what, no, I'm saying they're top, they're top of Group H as well right now. Oh yeah, yeah right, right yes. now. But, but but we'll come to this later. Don't you worry about that. All right, Lazio three, Dortmund one. Were you a bit surprised by this one? Yeah, this is probably the shock of the round, don't, don't you think? Uh, maybe maybe there's one more to come on to in terms of um, shock of the round. But, yeah, I think I definitely didn't pick this one um, and it blew me back a bit. What do you, do you think? Um, no, it didn't actually surprise me at all. I'm not really? saying I'm – yeah, um, I – I think I mentioned a couple of weeks back, like when I was living in Ireland, I used to enjoy the Sunday night um, Serie A fixture. I saw Lazio play a couple of times. I actually think they're really good. Um, I genuinely think they're a chance if they can get it together to win Serie A this year if Juve drop off. Um, But like between – Immobile is always going to score. The – like the midfield sort of supporting him in Milinkovic-Savic and Luis Alberto – like that's a it's a really good midfield combination. Alberto's very creative. Milinkovic Savage is like six foot four, can do anything. Um, but they do have a couple of problems at the back. But yeah, I think they're really good. Didn't surprise me. Dortmund are a good side. Jaden Sanchez, obviously, his head's been turned. But um, yeah, no, I wasn't surprised by this. Did, and I think they were good for the points. Did you see um, Halland's goal? Um, absolutely Jeez. rattled it into Whack the roof. That, didn't he? Yeah, that was moving. That was a nice goal. Yeah, I just wonder if you if that's really necessary. Oh, but look, <laughs> I couldn't when I was watching that. I was like, "Holy shit, he whacked that!" Um, in, the, but, in the words of Jorge Masvidal, super necessary. So super necessary. No, um, look good for the points. I think I think they'll be a bit of a not a not a smoky to win it, but I think they could surprise a few people. Lazio, um, Dortmund need to get it together. Yep. Um, so Chelsea nil, Sevilla nil. Did Peter Cech play in this game? <laughs> no, he didn't. I wish. <laughs> um, no, I, I really enjoyed that. So if anyone missed <laughs> Peter Cech's back in the Chelsea squad. So just for a bit of comparison, um, Arsenal currently are <laughs> paying Wizard Ozil 375 or £350,000 a week to not play. Peter Cech was in the office. And Frank Lampard's like, oh, we've got a bit of a problem here with our keepers. Anything we can do, yeah, get one of the blokes upstairs. It's like a movie. <laughs> get the accounts receivable clock down. And put in the <laughs> Apparently, he went in there to throw like a throw a check at him, and he just parried it off. And he's like, "Oh yeah, okay, get him in there." Um, <laughs> All right, I'm paying this. <laughs> so, so no, look, I think the best thing out of this game for Chelsea is um, the clean sheet. Well, they've had some problems at the back, and yeah. uh, they, I think a clean sheet here was important. Did you see the interview with Frank after? No, I Frank say. So, um, the commentator asked him, "Oh, Frank, you know, disappointing you at home and couldn't get the win." And uh, Frank just completely flipped it and spoke for probably two and a half minutes on how how buzzing he was to um, uh, to get a clean sheet. He was real happy with it. So, oh, yeah, I, I probably agree with that. that. That's probably one thing that they need to shore up and. Um, can't wait till they get both things right at the same time. Um, and nice to have um, Pulisic back for Chelsea as well. Yeah, they're, right. <laughs> they're struggling in attack, aren't they? Um, <laughs> chuck another one out there. On to Barcelona, so, huh? Barcelona 5, 
is it Ferenvaros? One. Ferenvaros one. Yep. So um, Barcelona just absolutely battered him. But the, the talking point here, this one was Gerard Piquet's red card. Um, so that did not stop Bar- uh, Barcelona from scoring. They just kept on their merry way. But he just looks so clumsy. So he got so long ball over the top, and he bought bought the the lad down inside the box. Got a red card, and then that's how they scored their one goal. But I thought they got rid of that double jeopardy thing. So do I. That's why. But like, like just for PK's clumsiness, I think he could be sent off. But I, I thought they did yeah. as well. So that's why I was like, oh, it's a bit confusing. That, that's the first thing I thought of when I when I saw that. Yeah, that that double jeopardy should should have gone out, and it was a straight red too. It's not as if he gave him a yellow, and that was his his second, and he had to go. But um, yeah, rather convincing from Barca. They were a dollar three to win this game, so no surprises there. And uh, Coutinho continues his good form, doesn't he? Nice little goal. I think the most important thing now is that PK misses the match against Juve in two weeks' time. When they might, yeah, yeah. they might need him. Juve wouldn't mind him being there, but currently, <laughs> given his current form, yeah. But um, no, so I think that I think that could hurt them against Juve. I'm really excited for that game. Um, Ronaldo versus Messi, obviously, if Ronnie can get back in time. And he looks fit. COVID's done nothing to the rig. So. Did you see? Can, can we cover his little training bubble? Have you seen this? No, go on. Oh, go to his Instagram and then like someone's filming a video and he's in this like Perspex um, gym. So it's like they're on the outside and they put up these like Perspex walls around him and then he's he's on a he's on a bike just like, yeah, absolutely smashing it on, on this bike. So, yeah, he does not look to be suffering any respiratory issues whatsoever <laughs> given a um, quick gym video that he threw up. Jeez, I wonder if he um we've got Trump's doctors. All right. So the next one, next one's I think the shock of the round for me. So Real Madrid two, Shakhtar three. Uh, apparently Shakhtar had ten players out of COVID, but I think that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, what did you think of this one? Yeah, well, this is uh, shocking, isn't it? I think. Um, really didn't see this coming. And Shakhtar got all of their their goals in the first half, so it went up 3-0 um, and then just looked to hang on, but they um, they were good enough to to hang on in, in the end. Nice goal by Modric too. Did you see that one? Cracked it. Nice yeah. right foot. Bent it into the top corner. Um, yeah, I thought like Real Madrid were um, pretty much fully fit too. Um, if you look at their, look at their squad, um, where they were missing uh, Benzema. Um, but apart from that, yeah, they were looked like they were ready to go. So yeah, a bit of a shock, a bit of a slip up, and they continue their poor form from Liga. Yeah, so I was just um, so they, they just lost, didn't look, lost one nil. Yeah, they just didn't look at the races for the first half. But they just like it just so it was really lax. Um, I think it was Tete looked quite impressive for Shakhtar. Um, probably another Brazilian. Um, like cutting in on his left, <laughs> and then Varane with a pretty comical own goal, like. He he just wasn't there, um, and then Solomon. But then, yeah, Modric scored a banger. Vinicius comes on, pinches the ball off Marlos, three two, game yeah, on. Yeah, nice Real team. just couldn't. Yeah. yeah, Real just couldn't get over the line. I'm just wonder if they're like no um, Benzema come off the bench, so I think they're a bit trying to rest a few players as well. But I wonder if they're missing Gareth Bale. Just that cheerleader yeah, on the weird, bench. Weird thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, maybe they're missing his golf chat in the in the dressing room and stuff. But no, I think um, I wanted to put that down just to, as a one-off 
for um, Real Madrid. But then, yeah, if you go back and look at their um, their league form, they, they drop points, um, which is most unusual um, during the week as well. And which was to make it even more unusual that um, Barca lost the same day. So, yeah, you don't see that often with those teams losing. Yeah. So group B, so Shakhtar's top, watching Gladbach uh, are second, Inter are third, and Real Madrid are last. Just, to, just let that sink. Like that will it? It might. All right, so Liverpool one, Ajax nil. Uh, what did you think of this one? Well, I, did, I didn't really. Um, I was flicking between the. Um, the buying game and and this game and yeah, I, this game didn't really take me anywhere. It was a rather dull affair, don't, don't you think? So the the even the Liverpool goal was a was an own goal. So yeah, I really wasn't um, impressed with either team's performance. They both looked a bit a bit flat, and there wasn't many chances for me um, in this game. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was an unusual one. I think it just Liverpool just couldn't quite get into gear, like they were. I think they were the better side, but Ajax obviously going to come in, knock the ball around well. Um, they had one of the, I can't think of, it's Graven Birch for Ajax, so 18. He's sort of the next one off the um, off the production line. He was quite impressive. Nerez was impressive too. I thought that Ajax looked the more likely, but Liverpool obviously a high quality. Um but even like the goal, Mane, Mane like sort of snippets, but it just looked like the front three couldn't put it together like they normally do for Liverpool. Um, I wonder yeah. if they're still in a bit of shock with the Van Dyke, or if they're just a, like a little bit less disciplined maybe without Van Dyke. But it wasn't like the Liverpool we've come to expect. No, I agree. I think if you watch the press conference before the game, Klopp was, um, you know, he's, he's fielded a few questions about um, the week that was for them, which is rather an eventful week with the Merseyside derby and the, the injury to, to Van Dyke. Um, so, yeah, he took a few questions on that and then he was sort of ready to move on to the game and the, the questions just kept coming about Van Dyke and, and about Everton and stuff. And then he just sort of stood up in the middle of the press conference and was like, has anyone got any questions about the game upcoming? Does anyone <laughs> even care that we're playing this week? So, yeah, I think the, the media sort of brought the spotlight back to the week that was for them. Um, and, yeah, I think that made it difficult. So that's probably some uh, a good... A good observation from me. Last last highlight for this game was um, I had Fabinho as my man of the match, and he had a goal line clearance, um, which was just outrageous. If you haven't seen that, go and find it on the internet, like probably dark web sort of stuff. But um, he like I think it's Neres flicks it over Adrian, and Fabinho's nice big bike off the line, crazy. Sounds out of character from Adrian, but yep, okay, I believe you. Adrian had a decent game, but yeah, unbelievable goal line clearance. Have a look at it if you get a chance. So, um, is it Midland? Nil, yeah. Atalanta four. So, talking point of this one was I backed Atalanta. Um, got him at dollar fifty-five. Um, but the other one was Papa Gomez with an absolute bullet, almost broke the net. That yeah, was very impressive. In this game. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Atalanta are very impressive, and um, they are currently. I think they might be leading the Serie A right now. Um, yeah, leading Serie A and they're top of uh, their group here as well. Uh, the third in Serie A, sorry, Milan's leading, but yeah, no, top of the group. They were they were irresistible. I think it was just a real golfing class in this one. Um, 
what did you think? Yeah, obviously they were just um, far too good and some great goals in this game. So um, if you want to go back and watch the goals, definitely recommend. Um, so that they go top of the group. They got Ajax next, um, and they're pr- looking rather strong in this group. Like Liverpool and Ajax are a bit sloppy, and I think Michelin are definitely going to finish um, finish fourth in the group. So yeah, it'd be a real battle to see who tops this this group. Um, who are you liking so far out of Atalanta, Liverpool, and Ajax to go through? Atalanta to go through first, and then Liverpool to go through second. Really? Okay. I think Atalanta are a quality, and they're going to be much better for their run last year with their final four. Just keep the good yeah, times coming. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, on to the Inter, next one. Inter two, Mochengladbach two, my favourite word to say. Um, so a double from Romelu Lukaku. What did you think in this one? Yeah, big Rom looked good, got his goals, both from a total of eight yards out. If you had them together, well, it wasn't um, that far. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to talk about um, Marcus Turam and his entry into the stadium. Have you seen this? Oh, we had to show the phone. Yeah, Marcus Turam um, plays for Wuchen um, Gladbach, and he's trying to enter the San Siro. And obviously, in this day and age, you need ID and your mask and all the rest of it. Um, he didn't happen to have ID, so he's been. Um, He's been paparazzi um, Googling himself and trying to show the security guard who he is so he can get into the stadium. So, yeah, eventful morning or afternoon for him. As a form of the security guard, that's a, that's Lilian Churam's son. Like, show a bit of bloody respect. Yeah. Does he not remember Formal when Churam got – yeah, he got that double against Croatia in um, the 98 final. A 98 yeah, well, final. He needed to because um, didn't he score an own goal or give away the goal? Yeah. Um, and he yeah said, oh, like, surely try. that's the first thing you think of when you see Lily and Churam's son. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, a bit of VAR chat as well. It really pissed me off. Um, watching Gladbach, uh, so Marcus Churam got to the box, um, dribbled it past Vidal. Vidal stuck a leg out, tripped him. And like it was so obvious. The penalty was like blatantly obvious. I don't know why you had to check that on VAR. I was one of those situations where I'm like, what is the referee looking at to not see that? It's just yeah, so just a safety clumsy. net, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, just get on with it. But um, no, late, late show from Lukaku, tapping it home at the back stick. Um, but yeah, Inter get the point. Inter get a point in this one. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that group goes as well. So now we move on to Bayern four versus Atletico nil. What did you think of this one? Mm, well, first thing is, I got it right, didn't I? Um, you didn't mention that. We'll come to um, who got what right in a minute. Just relax. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, yeah, Bind, I've got down here that just Bind would just look so much more dynamic than, um, than Atletico. So Atletico looks slow and, and off the pace, don't you think? It's like, especially Suarez up, Suarez up front. He just, uh, he's just not going to run past anyone or run away from anyone. And interesting, interestingly, over the last two games, Luis Suarez um, is on an aggregate score of 2 to 12 against Bayern. He <laughs> caught that battering um, when he was at when he was at Barca last year and then yeah, now another drumming 4-0. So, yeah, tough times. Kingsley Coman, great goal um, towards the end. Um, chopped back a 
fair few times and, and got it done. Um, but the goal of the game is uh, Taliso's wonder strike from about 35 yards out and his right foot top bins. What a strike that was. That was really moving. He smacked that. But the the Bayern, uh, the Atletico defence were complaining about something in the lead-up and I couldn't figure out what. Um, I think it was a, yeah, the header the, when they jumped in the air. I think he thought he was getting pushed down or something. Yeah. Um, a question I have out of that game is, do you think that Atletico, uh, Atletico is the best club for Jao Felix? No. He just looked a bit frustrated in there and wasted. I think if you're an attacking player, young attacking player like him, why would you go there? You, like, you know the style that, um, that, the, that the club plays and, and what they're all about and it just, it just wouldn't be a conducive place to play, I don't, I don't think, for a young player like him who's obviously very attacking-minded and got the world at his feet. But anyway, mm, he's got to work with Suarez now. Mr. Try and put three balls yeah. to Suarez every now and then. Yeah, good luck. But look, it, it could be a bit tricky for um, Atletico here because they've got a reasonably difficult group as well. Um, I think they've got Locomotive and um, RB Salzburg. Salzburg a bit of a- and, um, and obviously Bayern, yeah. Yeah, so like I know that Salzburg aren't great, but we don't know what they could produce. Obviously, last year they were either decent. They had Haaland and Minamino until Liverpool came in. But like it could be – like with that sort of score – it could be quite tight for Atletico to make it through. Yeah, it'd be tight. Obviously, it's only one game, but um, yeah, they need to sort their stuff out. Um, I think they should be able to sneak through in second if they if they um, sort themselves out. I think Bayern will be too good and go through in first. And so, yeah, if they can get to second, um, obviously they'll they'll make it through. All right, but let's let's move on to it because I know you've been absolutely fine <laughs> to get to this. Bloody hell, eh? Manchester, Manchester United, United 2, PSG 1. Should Manchester United move and play their home games in Paris? I, I think it's the only alternative now. Um, bloody hell, the boys were up for it. It was like from the outset, so it was interesting team selections from um, Solskjaer. So obviously no Cavani. Um, he didn't even make the bench. I'd say he's still isolating. Paul Pogba, benched. Donny van der Beek, surprisingly benched. Matic benched. So we had the midfield of – so we actually had a back five of Tellez, Luke Shaw, Lindelof, Tuanzebe and Wan-Bissaka, um, which is odd in itself because, like, Tuanzebe never plays. And he just – like, it seems like a weird game to throw him in there. But he was excellent. Absolutely excellent. Aaron Wan-Bissaka had, had a field day. Like, he's – his performance on the way, on the Wednesday was as good as his social life is off it. Um, Scott McTominay and Fred, also very good. Um, Anthony Martial didn't have the greatest time, but we're just were you surprised by all his selections? Yeah, well, I think I'm surprised every week by his selection. So um, what happened to Maguire? So Harry was injured. Um, injured. Yeah, so on the weekend, he kicked the ball. I think he was already injured, but he kicked the ball, and you could see him grabbing his hamstring. So I think he's just got a bit of a muscle strain. Um, so he missed out. But you know, yeah, and the, the young lad who played um, at, at centre-back, I think a few um, managers at Manchester United previously wanted to bring him into the squad, but, yeah, injury always um, tripped him up. I think Jose wanted to bring him in at one stage as well, but, um, yeah, he's, he was injured, so... Yeah, interesting. Um, and then what did you think of Scotty McTominay playing the first half with only one contact lens? 
<laughs> I um, yeah, he's just brave, isn't he? He just loves it. He's he's so his contact lens fell out, and he just instead of like he said he couldn't track it down. Um, which how could you on the pitch, especially with his running capability? But instead of going over to the sideline, he just played the rest of the game with um one contact lens in. So you think he'd run over and get it sorted, wouldn't you? I don't know. I how don't hard know. Is it I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't wear contacts. I don't know what he's like. If he could see, or if he just because we didn't have that much of the ball, really. Um, so it wasn't. I suppose he was just running around lump and Neymar. So and it wasn't that important. Yeah, basically. Um, no, but he, he did well. Fred was really good. Um, but look, the so the penalty to Bruno Fernandez, I think, was pretty obvious. Clever turn from Martial. So that was good. Tony Martial. We go up the other end. Nods at home. Gets PSG back in the game. <laughs> um, so we scored all the goals on the night. I just want that emphasized too. But Mbappe and Neymar. What, what was Mbappe he doing with that header? Can we cover that header? So he, he jumped uh, up at the front stick with, and he's like closed his eyes. And it's actually a nice finish. Great finish. But he's in doing? the wrong net. I don't I don't know. That's why he shouldn't be defending. But he, like, he's, he's kind of good in the air. Like he's got a bit of a presence. But I don't know what he was doing there. But Mbappe had a couple of chances. Like he looks so slick. Um, he could have tucked a few away. They hit the crossbar as well. But it all just came down to that late moment, didn't it? Manchester United at this point were on top, um, undoubtedly. I think we looked the more likely to win the game. And then it just took a piece of magic from Marcus Rashford. Daniel Pereira was a bit slow to react, and Rashford whipped around him and then just lashed one in off the post. Like, we, Do you think they could have done better for the winner? Yeah, I think they, they could have got out to Rashford earlier, but... I think once you don't get out to him um, fast enough there, yeah, he's going to have room and um, a really good finish by Rashford on his right foot. And he loved the goal, didn't he? He did. He, but he just loves it. Like, he loves beating PSG. Um, and he's a hometown boy. So, he like, you can tell he just loves playing for Manchester United. So, I suppose the question that everyone's asking now is, can Manchester United win the Champions League? <laughs> I haven't had one person ask that, so that's interesting people, that you've honestly, been getting people, people haven't stopped asking. And we're obviously still in lockdown, so people are walking past me in my 5K band, like, oh, can United win the Champions League? So, I don't know. It's, it seems very likely, um, having been Seems like a confession that you've been breaking lockdown. But, um, <laughs> Just got, to get that question out there. So only after one no, game, look, they're in second, Leipzig's in first, um, PSG third, and... Bass, you, can you ever go at that? Uh, Basics gear. Basics gear. Basics um, gear. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be um, holding up the table there. So, yeah, I, I think if they can get um, get some points out of um, Leipzig, which is where they go next, um, yeah, they'll be looking good. All right, that's it. So, off we go to the Premier League. Starts on Friday night, Saturday morning for our Australian viewers. Aston Villa versus Leeds. What do you think of this one? This is a, this is a surprise package head to head. Yeah, I this this is a bit unusual that the Premier League scheduled it um, that on a Friday night. Don't don't you think for them, especially yeah, if you're going to schedule a Friday, especially if you're going to schedule a yeah okay. But like it just seems. I mean, like obviously they've done Friday games before, but just particularly this fixture being on the Friday. Which I thought was um, unusual. Yeah, so um, Villa sitting pretty in second, and Leeds tenth. But Leeds have made a lot of fans. Um, who do you like in this one, and why? 
you just can't go past Villa at the moment, can you? Uh, the, the drumming of um, of Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, and then um, a strong performance against a toothless Leicester. Um, yeah, I just think they're in too good a form, and I think they'll push past Leeds. They are at home, which um, I think helps. So yeah, Villa for me. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I think I I don't mind Leeds in this one. Um, I think they can bounce back. Um, that against Wolves, they weren't too bad. They were a bit unlucky. Their goal was very unlucky. But um, I think Villa's run has to come to an end eventually, doesn't it? Like they're looking for their. This could be the first time they've won their opening five games in twenty two years um, in the Premier League. Like it just. It just seems crazy that they're so high, but I think, yeah, I think Leeds might get up in this one just to <laughs> reduce Villa a little really? bit, take them down a okay. notch. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't know how long they can maintain this streak. Like they're the, oh. they're, they're the only team that's won all their games. Yeah, they're flying. I don't see how you can't pick anyone but them, to be honest. Um, they're absolutely flying. So let's move on to um, ninth versus eleventh. West Ham and Man City. Can you believe that? No, no, I can't. So Manchester City have got seven goals forward, seven goals against, obviously, with that battering from Leicester, um, which is since Leicester have had that, they've been very poor. But, yeah, look, um, West Ham, unbelievable comeback on the weekend. Um, City started poorly again against Porto during the week. We didn't mention that, actually. They beat Porto 3-1. But they started poorly. Um, they were down 1-0. I just wonder if Pep's magic's wearing off a little bit. But I think City should still have enough to get this done. But, um, yeah, they're not they're not impressing me right now, City. What do you think? Yeah, they're not impressing me, but I'll tell you who's definitely not impressing me is, is West Ham. Um, they're just they're just so – their form's just so up and down um, from week to week. They're just a really hard team to, team to pick. But – I think Man City will be it'll be too strong for them. I think Man, you'll, what you'll find now is Man City starting to find their feet, and um, yeah, really string some games together and string some form together. So yeah, I think it's in um, the what do you what do you, what do they call the stadium? The the Millennium? No, London Stadium. Oh, the City of London or whatever. Yeah, London Stadium something. So um, which you might know is the most successful migration of a team in Premier League history. Um, it's down there, but I think, um, yeah, Man City just be too strong. All right, so Fulham versus Palace. How bad do Fulham need points? They need them real bad, um, but to be honest, I don't think it's going to help them. Um, I think everyone agrees that they are going down. Um, Mitro, let's see if he can turn his form form around out of our last week. Missed a pen and gave away a pen. Um, not ideal. Um, Palace looked a little bit toothless last week in their M23 derby, so we'll see what they can come to come to this game with. But uh, like, if there's a game to miss this weekend, it's probably this one, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then I just think I'm going to go with a, a close win to Palace, so probably a 1-0 to Palace. What do you think? Yeah, so Fulham are on a record run of 11 consecutive top-flight London derby defeats, and I don't think it's going to turn around. I think this one could either be a real bore draw or um, like a 1-0 to Palace. I just, I, Fulham just... Aren't at the races for me. Um, they're just not yeah. at the standard. So I think Scotty Parker's got some problems, and I think he might win the sack race now. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, it, to be for me, it doesn't matter who's in charge of them. Um, 
they're going down. So, all right, let's go. This has got to be a match around, doesn't it? Does United, it? Chelsea. Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, yeah, look, this is big. So Chelsea, Chelsea sitting in eighth. Manchester United have uh, bounced back into 15th, but they've had that night in Paris again. Um, Frank's whinging about about all this uh, nonsense around his keeper, and I think that Ollie loves playing Chelsea. And I reckon United can get the job done. What do you think? Mm, I, oh, I'm just not like how how hard are Manchester United to pick at the moment? I think every time Oli struggles and people start talking about his job, he goes and does what he did in Paris again um, to buy him some more time. So, yeah, I think that that makes it difficult to pick. But I th- I just think Chelsea is just going to have too many too much class for them. So. Um, I think they'll they'll get it done. And now they've got Mendy back and fit. Um, he played in the Champions League that that just went. I think yeah, he, he'll start, um, and that'll give the the back four of Chelsea some some confidence. And I think Chelsea will be too strong for United. But I think there's definitely goals in this game. So definitely, well, I think tune in. I think that the variable here is Manchester United tend to be better when the other team controls the ball. Yeah, so they can play on the counter or counter punch type thing. Yeah, the the PSG game kind of felt like a bit of a tennis match, uh, basketball match, didn't it? Where you were just going end to end. Yeah. Bit. So yeah, definitely. yeah, I think if if Chelsea want to control the ball, which they probably do, um, yeah, it might play into Manchester United Manchester United's hands, especially with um, the pace at the back for um, Chelsea might be a problem, but. Interesting to see who um, Ollie picks for this game. Um, brave enough to give us a back four that he might go with. No, no, I'm not. Um, I, th- I think it'd be. It seems likely if Maguire's fit, he'd come back in. But um, like, I, 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 Two and Zabi and Lindelof had such a good week during the week. So, like, Two and Zabi based on form, probably has to start, like based on just that performance. Yeah. Um, if I if I was Ollie, I wouldn't rush Maguire back. I think we said um, last week he probably needs to be taken out of the squad and just, you know, relax and reset and get his head right because his head clearly wasn't right. So I think the injury is probably coming at a good time for him, oddly, where, you know, he can take take a week or so off and just, yeah, there's just no point in, in rushing him back for a big fixture like this. You're better off just getting him um, 100% right and often hamstrings, tweaks or whatever aren't really a weak thing um, anyway. So it, even if he does come back, um, he'll probably still be not at 100% and there's just no need to, to bring him back in with a performance like that coming um, against PSG during the week. Uh, so to come back into Manchester United squad, there's Greenwood, Cavani, Pogba, Van der Beek. Yeah, I can't believe that Ollie hasn't been given the money he needs to strengthen his squad. It's terrible. <laughs> it's just outrageous, isn't it? But I'm interested to see that, and I'm really excited to see what front three Chelsea go with with their. Again, Frank hasn't really had the resources to go out and spend in the summer, so um, it's going to be interesting to see what front three he goes with in this one as well. But I think I think United are going to win this one. I'm going to say three-one. Really, that's brave. Oh well, I, my emotions are an absolute roller coaster right now. I was steaming after the Palace game, steaming after the Brighton game, excited by the Newcastle finish, and obviously beating PSG during the week. Your confidence is through the roof. Ollie's the best manager in the world. I've got to back him. All right, 
On to the next one then. Let's do um, Liverpool, Sheffield United. Um, are Liverpool going to be able to patch together a back four um, against Sheffield United with um, Van Dijk out and Matip out as well, I think? Matip out as well. Shit, that mm. hurts. Yeah, they'll play Go um, Joe Gomez and Fabinho um, at centre-back. Yeah, Fabinho, Fabinho is good there, actually. Um, yeah, look, I think Liverpool are going to have way too much here. Sheffield United you know, have had a horrible start to the season, um, and they still can't seem to score any goals, which is bad news for them. Um, yeah, I think Liverpool should win by a few here, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. She- Sheffield United you know, are rather underwhelming. Um if you look at their um, last sort of handful of performances, they're, they're 19th at the moment. This will be Liverpool's first home game in over a month, oddly enough. Um, but, yeah, I think even if with a depleted squad, Liverpool will be too strong for them. Um, and this game's probably come at a good time for Liverpool where they can, um, yeah, get a win and, and get get back on track, really. Um, yeah, I think Chris Wilder, he, he might be in a bit of trouble if things keep going the way they're going. Um, got a bit do you of fancy him to stay the whole season or not? I, I think he's got a good bit of goodwill built up from last year, just from the year they had. But, yeah, they they do need to turn something around fast because it's looking quite um, quite bad for them right now. Second, can't score goals, winless. They need to do something. They need to do something. Tiago's looks like he's coming back um, after that horrendous challenge from um, Richarlison. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so Southampton versus Everton. Um, who do you like in this one? Yeah, well, it's got to be Everton, doesn't it? I, I think the only thing that can trip Everton up is the fact that um, Hames has been injured and I think he might be out for the rest of the year. Really? What's, what's, what's this based on? What's he done? Well, he, he's, he, got a, he got a knock in the um, Liverpool game. Um, apparently a Van Dyke challenge that they've he's come off and um, got it checked after, and yeah, he's no good. I don't think he's going to play this week. This week does or this that change week? your tip? You better cross, you better scrunch up those notes, mate. Yeah. So was it? Is it a uh, injury or what's the what's the problem here? This is big. Yeah, it goes your notes on this game. No, I, I, I just read something briefly um, before we, we come on there that, um, yeah, he was struggling. So so Richarlison will miss out. Jordan Pickford will not, um, interestingly. But, yeah, I think Liverpool should uh, – Liverpool. Well, they basically own Liverpool now. So Everton, I think, will be too good in this one. Um, and we're going to see them six – five wins, one draw after six games. Just crazy. Um, Southampton are slowly getting up the table, but I think Everton will have too much for them. And Calvin yeah, Lewin, tuck one on obviously, too. yeah, Calvin Lewin in, in great form, but um, so is Danny. So I think um, the Everton are definitely going to concede in in this game. So I think they'll they'll win by a score. Both teams score though. So yeah. all right. So Wolves versus Newcastle. Who do you like here? <sighs> Brucey's boys. I, I think I think Brucey's boys might be able to get it done here. So. I thought they were reasonable against um, a bad Manchester United last week, despite the Russia goals towards the end. But I've just been so unimpressed with Wolves this season. They just seem to be like patching results together and, and performances together. So, yeah, I'm really not impressed with um, with Wolves at, at the moment. Depends what, on what, what way. Depends on what way you look at it, really, because um, people are always like, "Oh, good sides win when they're not playing well." So yeah. are Wolves a good side or are they 
a side that's been getting lucky because um, they're up to six well, now. They are. They, so they got battered against West Ham 4-0. They snuck past Fulham 1-0. I mean, that's most teams are going to be beating Fulham by more than that if you want to be serious. I'm talking about this in the context of them being um, pushing for a Europa League spot. Um, and then, yeah, they snuck past Leeds 1-0 um, the week after that. So, yeah, I don't know, just some patchy, patchy games, some poor performances. But, um, yeah, let's see if they can... Um, get together and, and get it done. Who are you liking here, Bruce's boys? Yeah, I no, I think I think right. <laughs> no, no, I think Wolves will get this done by a few. To be honest, um, I think Manchester United overran Newcastle and they just looked a bit underwhelming towards the finish. There, they were decent for sort of 60, 70 minutes, but you got to play for ninety. And like with Jimenez and Traore um, up there, like you really need to be focused. So I think Wolves will beat them by a few. Um, this is actually the most played fixture in the competition in which neither side has kept a clean sheet. Really so nice there, little stat there. So there'll be goals in this for Wolves. Um, <laughs> so next one, probably if it wasn't for Manchester United versus Chelsea, I think this would be the match of the round. This one's got quite a few undertones and quite a few narratives. Arsenal versus Leicester. Who do you like in this one and why will Leicester lose? <laughs> Well, um, Leicester are a bit of a bogey team for Arsenal. Traditionally, Arsenal have been um, the bigger team and, and in better form going into these fixtures. But the last, I'll just read out the last four or so fixtures. Um, Leicester 3, Arsenal 0 in 2019. Leicester 2, Arsenal 0 in 2019. One all draw in 2020. And then in September 2020, Arsenal beat Leicester. 2-0. So, yeah, I think this will be a tough fixture for Leicester. Um, I think Arsenal are in the better form, and I think I'm going to go with um, Arsenal to get it done. Going with Arsenal to get it done against the Orton. Yeah, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think this is this is very interesting, like I'm precariously placed here. So, we've got fourth versus fifth. Leicester started extremely strongly, but like they've just tailed off since that Manchester City win. But like Arsenal seem to be doing all the right things. Um, I think they're a bit they're a bit unlucky on the weekend, but I think that um, yeah, I just, I just like the project. Party comes in, they're just getting better and better. But yeah, I think Arsenal, Arsenal, I think will have enough in this one to get over him. But is Jamie Vardy back? I'm not sure if Vardy's back um, or Madison, really. So, yeah, Leicester and, and Dini is the one thing. That, so, I mean, a lot of people point to Vardy and Madison missing for, for Leicester, but um, Ndidi at the bottom of that um, midfield, at the base of that midfield, yeah, um, that's what's really been missing for Leicester in more recent times. So, yeah, Leicester's still not at full strength. And are you, are you recording in the dryer at home? <laughs> what's going on there? There's some, there's some heavy, heavy rain here. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> so, he'd gone into a tunnel. Um, all right. So look, we're both. I think we're both looking at Arsenal on that one, but that'll be a good game. Um, Tuesday we've got Brighton versus West Brom and Spurs versus Burnley. So we might talk about those on Monday. Yep. Do that so Monday. let's get on to the mailbag. You've got mail. You've got mail. Yeah, that there second one always gets me, but I was very patient there. So, um, bonjour, mes amis, or mon ami. Do you think VVD has grounds for legal action against that T-Rex prick Pickford? So I think this one's coming late at night. I was hearing, I was happy to hear your condemnation, but I need justice. I've actually spoken to another Liverpool fan who thinks similarly about this. 
P.S. Please don't throw the rose like a salmon simile too casually. Calvert-Lewin needs to decide on a surname before he deserves that privilege. <laughs> Much love, the true salmon. So what do you think of that? Does VVD have legal grounds against Pickford? Uh, no, he definitely does not. But what I found interesting was that all the Liverpool fans started a petition to get it signed um, to for the police to take action against um, against Pickford. Um, there's some really good stuff um, getting around on the internet at the moment about um, yeah them signing petitions and them saying that Liverpool's a small place and they'll they'll see Pickford. I'll see him. I'll see him. So. Yeah, looking forward to that. So that's a bit out of character by Liverpool fans, but I thought it funny. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I just I, – he probably could, like, but I don't think he would. Like, what, what's the – I don't know what his incentive um, – He definitely feel, can't. No, and I don't think it would make VVD feel any better um, about the injury. Like, these things happen in sport. That's the risk you take. Um, it sucks, but, um, like, it, it's bound to happen, isn't it? Injuries are part and parcel of the game. Um, you're pretty disappointed with the the way it is, but yeah, I wouldn't. I, would, I don't think he's going to. I don't think VVD is going to pick up a paycheck for the year. Um, a lot of Liverpool fans have been waxing lyrical about how you know Liverpool's going to wait for Klopp. Uh, what is it? Wait for him like a good wife for the husband in jail. I thought that was a little bit a little bit over the top. A manager missing his best player isn't really that exciting for me. Um, I found I found it a bit unusual that the Premier League didn't do any um, retrospective action against Pickford. Like obviously the police wouldn't, but um, yeah, I found it <laughs> wait, that odd. Don't wait you think they read that, they that go back? if they read that petition, but the police? Because I know a lot of the the major crimes are solved through petitions. Um, but yeah, now, look, I did I did find that unusual because they had the they had the means to do that, and then the public outcry. But I wonder if the balance is like. If that happens, then is every tackle that you know fans are unhappy with that the Premier League now needs to have a look at, um, which is only going to undermine the referees even more. Yeah, I think that that's football. People get injured, people get tackled badly, people get kicked. That's football. So yeah, you can't not going to police at all. So uh, just let the boys play. They could they could have punished him, and I suppose you wouldn't have too many complaints. But I think then other like other managers would have complaints around, oh, what about this tackle or, you know, what about this one or why didn't Suns, you know, one get overturned when Gomez broke his leg but that wasn't a red card challenge. Like just – I think there'd be so – you'd open up such a can of worms there if you start doing that. Like how far do you go back? Yeah, yeah and what cha- like what challenges are you looking at? Like it's just – yeah. I think Liverpool fans, I know it hurts but it's been a couple of days. You have to move on. No, I agree. All right, so that's it. So if you want to reach out, it's um, footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, footballplayedonpaper, Instagram at footballplayedonpaper, Twitter at footballonpods. Give us a five-star review on the pods. Um, But that's all from me. All right, see you guys. Enjoy the football. Bye-bye.